0: Every day, and you are indeed locked on magic. Today is August twenty fourth, but this is actually the August twenty fifth episode. Decided recording the afternoon today. Take my Thursday off, Thursday warning off at least, uh, and so I'm coming to you here for a Friday edition of Locked On Magic on a Thursday afternoon uh, as we hurdle toward the weekend. Uh, tr- my shows may start slowing to a trickle. Um, We'll do some Eurobasket stuff next week when Eurobasket starts, but uh, obviously, uh, it is the dead time in the NBA season, as evidenced by what I'm about to talk to you for the good chunk of today's episode, and of course, that is the release of the NBA 2K18 all-time Magic team. Definitely have some thoughts on that and then of course I'm going to close today's show as well talking a little bit about Evan Fournier and some things that we may have learned and, and, and some interesting numbers that that someone inspired me to look up that, that I think reveals a little bit more about him because I think uh, I think Evan's been getting some unfair hate this summer I, I don't think he deserves it but uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit but what everyone in the NBA universe is talking about now that we're done with the Kyrie Irving Isaiah Thomas trade what everyone is talking about today is NBA 2K's release of the all-time teams. Uh, NBA 2K about a week or two ago announced that they were going to make all-time t- all-time teams for every NBA franchise as part of their new edition, NBA 2K 18. And everyone immediately got excited because this is the kind of stuff that always generates debate. It's stuff that I've talked about. Uh, you know, last year we had our all-time uh, top 25 list of Magic players. Uh, this year we did our top 25 teams. This is the kind of stuff that everyone talks about. What? How do you make an all-time team for your favorite team? And and with the Magic, too, it felt like among the teams that maybe don't have a championship or, or haven't been around that long, it's only been 28 years, the Magic seemed to have a really strong team. Tracy McGrady, Shaquille O'Neal, Anthony Hardaway, uh, Dwight Howard are your Mount Rushmore. Magic fans love Nick Anderson. They love playing as Nick Anderson in the game. The 1995 Orlando Magic have been part of the game forever. Horace Grant, Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu. Even Jameer Nelson can be fun to play with. You got Grant Hill when he was healthy. He was really good. Uh, I've been playing with Steve Francis a lot in uh, NBA 2K17's My Team uh, game mode. Uh, and he actually is a lot of fun to play with as well. Um, they, they make him a little bit better shooter than, than I remember, remember too. Uh, and so there's a there's a rich grouping of players that you can bring onto this team. And, and again, among the, the teams that don't have a championship or aren't one of the like iconic franchises in NBA history, I would bet the Magic are one of the teams that many people want to play. Well, we have the official list, and uh, there are some caveats, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I have to say, I think NBA 2K... There are some disagreements. I, I will not deny that there are some guys that I definitely disagree with, and, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But I really don't have too many complaints about the majority of this list. Um, you may remember I did an episode maybe a few weeks back after after they announced this, going through my all-time Magic team. I got eleven of the third. I got I I only picked thirteen. They made a fifteen-man roster. I got eleven of thirteen correct, and 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 I I hope. People consider me a magic history expert, so when I talk about magic history, it doesn't seem like you know that that you at least hope. I hope that people view me as someone that that knows magic history decently well to to make these kind of comments. Uh, but I, I felt very good about that, and the two omissions I will talk, the two that I didn't get, I'll talk about in just a moment. Here is the team: Penny Hardaway, a ninety-three. Tracy McGrady a 95, Grant Hill an 86, Dwight Howard a 93, and Shaquille O'Neal a 93. Again, I don't have. I had all five of those guys on my team. I had Grant Hill coming off the bench. I started Nick Anderson at shooting guard. Um, Nick Anderson is on the team as an 85, so I'm not going to complain too much about that. Um, I also had uh, Rashard Lewis as my starting power forward. I brought Dwight Howard off the bench just because I don't think Dwight Howard's a power forward. Uh, but Richard Lewis uh, not on the team. I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. The rest of the team coming off the bench. You have Nick Anderson, Jameer Nelson, Horace Grant, Dennis Scott. Agree with those. Steve Francis, an interesting addition. I, I'm not going to complain too much. He only played about a year and a half in Orlando, uh, but was very productive, especially in that 2005 season, borderline All Star that 2005 season. Um, you know, until he kind of went off the went off the edge his second year. But Francis. He's been in the game a lot. He's not a bad player to include here. I, I, I'm not going to quibble too much about that, especially with some of the names we'll get to in a little bit. Daryl Armstrong, very happy he's finally in the game. I don't believe that Daryl Armstrong has been in NBA 2K before. He was not included in the NBA 2K My Team uh, version where you can play some of the historical players. Uh, and I thought that was a, a, a really a shame that he wasn't included in the Magic group. So I'm glad that he is on the all-time Magic team. Nikola Vucevic has an 82 Brian Shaw as an 81. Bo Outlaw as an 80. Uh, he Bo Outlaw was my last pick onto the team. I was between him and Vucevic, actually, so I don't have a problem with Vucevic. And then finally, Aaron Gordon at an 80. The two biggest omissions, obviously, are Rashard Lewis and Hito Turkoglu. And uh, for, the, for those that don't know, and I didn't even know this until today, really, uh, to be in NBA 2K... You have to sign either an agreement with the NBA Retired Players Association or come to an agreement with 2K yourself to be in the game. So there there are more glaring omissions on other teams. Charles Barkley does not appear in any NBA 2K. Uh, Reggie Miller apparently does not appear in any NBA 2K. They do not have agreements with 2K to be in the game. So... There are a lot of players like that, and that's a, a big reason why I think the 2009 Magic aren't included as one of the historic teams, because Turkulu and Lewis aren't included in the game, and they're not going to put a team out there that isn't complete, or at least the, the front end of it isn't complete. So, that explains why Hito Turkulu and Richard Lewis are not in the game. Those, are my, those were the two guys that I picked that did not make the roster. But there's certainly still some, some areas that we can argue about. I, I talked a little bit about Steve Francis. That one, I'm okay with. I, I, I Again, I think he played very well in a Magic uniform. Only about a year and a half, though, uh, so the longevity isn't there. I think he takes—if you're, if you're taking another point guard, the Magic already have Nelson and Armstrong. If you're taking another point guard, I think you go Scott Skiles over Steve Francis. If you're taking another two-guard, I think you probably go Mike Miller— Maybe Reggie Theus, who only played the, the expansion year, um, over him. But Francis in that spot isn't isn't terribly egregious. The biggest mis- misstep, I think, is Brian Shaw. I have no earthly clue why Brian Shaw is in this game as an all as a member of the all time magic. I'm fine with them being a, a gold card or whatever in my team. He's, he's, he's in there as a Magic player because he was on the 95 team. So I get it. They have his rights. They, they can deal with it. But there are significantly better players to play on this all-time team that, that I know 2K has the rights for. Mike Miller, NBA Rookie of the Year, played, what, two, two and a half years in Orlando? Rookie of the Year in 2001. Great shooter. He's on the Memphis Grizzlies all-time team. He's been in NBA 2K. He's still an active player. There's no reason why Mike Miller should not be on this team ahead of Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw averaged six points and four assists in three years with the Magic. Not exactly a distinguished career with Orlando. And this isn't a knock on Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw was a great backup point guard. He played his role perfectly for the Magic for three years. He was, good. He was a good player. But not an all-time player. Not when you have guys sitting on the bench like Terry Catlin. I don't know if they, if they could get his rights. I know they had Otis Smith's rights last year because I think Otis Smith was a playable ca- playable player on my team. I'd rather have Otis Smith. And a lot of people are probably thinking of Otis Smith the GM. I'm talking about Otis Smith, the player. Otis Smith, the player, was a pretty good player. Um, I, I think that uh, there are just a lot better options than Brian Shaw for this team. Uh, again, not a knock on Brian Shaw. Uh, he played his role exactly how he was supposed to play it. And he, he just it just isn't the fit. It it just it just doesn't make sense to have him be part of this team because he isn't one of the all-time greatest magic players. Magic players magic fans won't wouldn't even Magic fans probably don't even remember Brian Shaw playing for the team, to be honest. He he, he never started. He came off the bench. Um so that's the most egregious addition. I think that throughout these two K rosters That there was a little bit of a uh, a preference to to add in current players. Nikola Vucevic to me though still deserves to be on this team. I think he's the third best center in Magic history. Um, It's I remember when I was picking my team, I was between Outlaw and Vucevic for my for my third big um, spot when I was doing my thirteen man roster. Uh, So I have no problem with Vucevic on the roster. I love Aaron Gordon. I think Gordon is due for a big season this year, but I don't think Aaron Gordon should be on this team either. Again, from a looking for power forward's perspective, you know, there are players that have played better. Um, you know, Ronnie Cycli would be a good uh, would be a better addition. Uh, you know, if you could get his rights, of course. Um, even Aaron Aflalo, I think as a small forward, probably had a better, uh, has had a better magic run than Aaron Gordon so far. Uh, so I, I think that there were definitely uh, some some missteps here with this roster, but you know we're talking about maybe the end of the bench guys. Um, you know Vince Carter has a case maybe to make this team. Uh, Scott Skiles certainly does. Um, Terry Catledge certainly does. Reggie Theus probably does. Uh, you know I would even argue Catino Mobley, who only played half a year in Orlando, but had a very productive half year, um, should probably get in over Brian Shaw. So I, I think Brian Shaw is the most egregious addition to this team. There are definitely some guys who are just on the outside that deserve to be in. Mike Miller uh, is near the front of the line on that, um, as well as uh, you know some other players. But the core guys, the guys that you're really going to play with on this roster, are all there. Penny, T-Mac, Dwight, Shaq are your top four. Nick Anderson's there. Jameer Nelson's there. and it's, I assume 2009 Jameer Nelson. Horace Grant's there. Dennis Scott's there. You got Darryl. Vooch is not a bad option on this team. Uh, I, I, you know, it doesn't have a lot of power forwards. You're going to be playing a lot with Bo Outlaw probably, um, and Horace Grant at the four because uh, Dwight probably shouldn't be playing the four. Uh, but this is a good Magic team. I, I, I I'm really picking nits here and, and, and talking about maybe some guys at the end of the bench. I, I, Brian Shaw, Brian Shaw is just sticking out like a sore thumb. Like I can get Aaron Gordon. You're, you're doing some recency bias and trying to get some get some current players on the team. But Brian Shaw, really, 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 2K, really? Couldn't find anyone else in your, in your catalog there to, to, to take his place? I guess not. So we'll just have to live with that. Um, 2K18 comes out in, on September 15th, I think, if you pre-order it. Uh, so get a jump on that uh, if you want to buy it and play the game and play as the Magic. Seems like it's going to be a good game. I have 2K17 and I usually don't buy back-to-back games, but uh, I, I might be this year. So we'll we'll have to we'll have to chat about that another time. Before we get on with the show, though, I do want to say a quick word from our pals over at SeatGeek. You can't go back and watch Penny, T Mac, D- Dwight, Shaq, and Grant Hill anymore, but you can always check out the current Magic. Or at least go watch Orlando City. They have a game on Saturday, right? And SeatGeek is your place to go buy those tickets. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be really complicated. But there is a better way, a better, simpler way to buy. And that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I'm going up to Atlanta this weekend to visit my dad. We're planning to go check out Suntrust Park uh, and watch the Atlanta Braves play, but you know, we're not we're gonna play it by ear. I know if we can't get tickets at the box office, and really even if we could get tickets at the box office, my best bet to make sure I get in at a good price is to use SeatGeek and that's actually what I plan to do. So don't go buy, don't go buy out all those tickets for me. Or do, I, you know, we'll, we'll find tickets, don't worry. And SeatGeek will probably have them. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, and this is important now, my listeners get twenty dollars off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's LONBA for twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. As I said, um, you know, I, I I wanted to spend this show talking a little bit more about a guy that seems to be everyone's sort of favorite punching bag this season. And I think it's been on. I think some of the criticism that I've heard, and some of the criticism I've gotten for for defending him, has been a little bit unfair. Um, Evan Fournier last year was the Magic's leading scorer, he averaged about 17 points per game. But I don't think anyone watched Evan play last year, and I think even Evan would agree with this honestly, and would say he had a really strong season. Fournier essentially was the guy on the team on a bad team who scored the most points because someone has to score the points. And honestly that just kind of best describes the role that I think Fournier was put in. The reality is last year, the Magic did not have a functioning offense. They they could not get each other going, they could not uh get themselves uh, moving in the right direction. It was just it the, the offense was just a disaster. And to me, the problem was not so much the players, but what the players were asked to do. My, you know, this is—I have a bunch of kind of working theories, and and maybe I'm I'm defending the players too much, but you know, when I've heard, and I've heard this from people, that all oh, the Magic need to trade Fournier no matter what. He's not good. He's not good. He's terrible. Uh, you know, he's a bad. He's a. I've heard people say he is a bad player, which is which is. Not true. The problem with Evan Fournier, it's not Evan Fournier. The problem is what the Magic ask Evan Fournier to do. To me, and this is one of my little theories that I have, to me, the difference between the good teams and the bad teams is talent level, obviously. But it's also about putting players in roles that they can succeed. When you have LeBron James, maybe it becomes a little bit easier to to get guys into those roles. But when you're on a team like the Magic, the Magic aren't bad because they have bad players necessarily. The Magic are bad because they ask their, their players to do more than they're capable of. Evan Fournier should not be your leading scorer. He is not that kind of player. He should not be the guy with a high usage rate trying to create offense for himself and others. That's not who he is. And if, and again, among the many mistakes the Magic made last year, because I think last year was really just a bunch of miscalculations, they took too many gambles and they all kind of collapsed on each other. One of those gambles was asking Evan Fournier to take a larger role in the offense or as a playmaker within the offense. And the reality is, that's not what he's good at. It it, it might have been worth it to experiment and discover if he could develop that, and maybe he still can. But the reality is, that's not who he was. And the Magic did not use Evan Fournier to his most optimal usage. Last year, Evan Fournier had a career-high usage rate. It was about 23%, if I'm not mistaken. Throughout his career, he's hovered around 20 So that means Fournier had the ball in his hands a lot more and was asked to do a lot more. Even though Fournier averaged a career high in points, his 50.8% effective field goal percentage was the second worst of his career. The way the Magic used him wasn't effective. Not until after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, just like Aaron Gordon, just like Alfred Payton, everything seemed to align itself better for him. The numbers really break this down, I think, really, really well. Fournier was a lot, they used Fournier a lot more in pick and rolls, where he was a little bit more effective, 0.92 points per possession on 285 possessions as the ball handler. So they might have found something there. But his spot-up attempts went down. And with the team without shooting, losing that hurt the magic. In 2016, Fournier had 290 possessions as a spot-up shooter. Scored 1.05 points per possession. That's really good. That total in 2017, according to NBA.com, went down to 184.99 points per possession. So spot-up opportunities went down, as did his efficiency. After the All-Star break, things changed for Fournier dramatically. Before the All-Star break, Fournier averaged 16.8 points per game and shot 49.5% effective field goal percentage. His usage rate stayed at about 23% uh, before and after the All-Star break. So again, the way he was used changed. After the All-Star break, though, and this is something that you saw across the team, Fournier averaged 18 points per game, shot a 53.2% effective field goal percentage. His true shooting percentage jumped from 54.5% to 57.4%. Free throw attempts dated about four per game, but his three-pointers increased. He had 74 three-pointers in 45 games before the All-Star break, about 1.6 per game, and 54 in the 23 games after the All-Star break, 2.3 per game. Again, the Magic did not have a lot of shooting last year. They needed Evan Fournier to be one of their key shooters. And with him on the ball too much, they couldn't get him shooting. And this kind of leads back to to a theory, uh, not to a theory, but to an observation that I've had and and several the people that I've talked to have had about Evan Fournier. Fournier does not work when he is the guy on the ball or or necessarily bringing the ball up um, and attacking kind of from the standstill off the dribble when the defense is set. To me, and, and this is where I think he really broke out with Victor Oladipo two years ago. Fournier is much more effective coming from the weak side and attacking a rotating defense. He's really smart. He's a really smart attacker. He's really, I, he really is. I, I, I think that, that might be a controversial take, but I think he's really smart attacking defenses. What he doesn't necessarily have is the speed or ability to get past guys one on one. He's not a one-on-one player. He needs a pick to get himself free. But you cause a def- you you have the defense shift over to the ball and then reverse it back to him and have them rotate to him. He's really smart about knowing when to shoot it when he's open to shoot or when to pump fake and attack or when to, you know, call over a quick quick screen and roll while the defense is still shifting over. He takes advantages of those gaps in the defense. And that's why I really thought the Magic were going to run more of a passing offense last year like they did under Scott Skiles because that offense really took advantage of the skill that Fournier has, of the skill that at the time Tobias Harris had. You know, even to some extent the skill Aaron Gordon has. I think putting the ball back in Peyton's hands and and getting rid of an extra center in the paint really did free up Fournier a little bit more. Now, Fournier still has some issues. He's not the strongest defender. I, I call him a defensive tweener. He's not quick enough to guard twos. He's probably not big and strong enough to guard threes. But, I think it's unfair to say that that Evan Fournier is a bad player. And I do get that. I do get that response from people. And I think it's frankly a little unfair to, to, to demand that Evan Fournier be traded now. He's in the first year of a five-year deal. It's going to be tough to trade him anyway. But, I still think Fournier makes his contract. I think he is good enough for what he's paid. And so, I think that right now, Fournier, the Magic have to find a way to get the most from Fournier. And and I think after the All-Star break, like so many things, they, they figured that out. Now, does that mean... He's set for a breakout year again or that he'll help the Magic get to the next step. No, because I think the Magic still miss that number one guy. Really, Fournier should be the third option on an offense. Maybe the se- maybe the second, but probably not. And the Magic are still going to rely pretty heavily on Fournier. They're going to need him to to be a consistent scorer throughout the year. And the Magics, the Magic's offense this year is going to be by committee. There's not going to be one guy who's clearly scoring a lot more than everyone else. They're going to be, the Magic this year will probably need three guys averaging about 16, 17 points per game, and then for one of them to break out every once in a while and score 25, 30, or something like that. And Fournier can do that on occasion. He gets hot. But I think Fournier, when you look back at the 2017 season, it's just like everyone else. It's really, really just like everyone else. The Magic put him in bad situations, in situations where they were experimenting and seeing just how far they could push his talent and his ability, but ultimately it was a position that he was not going to succeed in. And so ultimately what the Magic had to learn, or what the Magic have to do now, is find a way to get the most out of Evan Fournier. Put him on that weak side with ball reversals. Run him in pick and rolls or he's fairly efficient. He's got to become a better passer, that's true. He's got to become a better defender to to really be part of this team's future, especially the way the Magic seem to be trying to build. But it's not anywhere close to time to give up on Evan Fournier. It's not anywhere close to that moment. Because Fournier can produce at a high level. We saw him do that last year. You know, he still averaged 17 points per game when he was inefficient and being used incorrectly. And honestly, I think we'll get a good clue of what Evan Fournier can do and exactly how to use him at Eurobasket next week, beginning next week. On Eurobasket, Evan Fournier is going to probably be the team's leading scorer, But he's not going to be the guy with the ball in his hands all the time. Nando DiColo is going to be running point, and Boris Diaw is sort of a point forward. They're going to run the ball through them, and Fournier is going to work off the ball. And that's, again, where Fournier can be really successful. And so I'm expecting a big Euro basket from Evan Fournier because they're going to put him in a role to succeed. And that's the same kind of role I think the Magic need to put him in next year to get the most out of him. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Sorry, it's coming to you in the afternoon. I'll publish this in the afternoon early for you all but you don't really care because you're already listening to the podcast um, <laughs> sorry just sorry about sorry about that um, we'll be back again on Monday for another full week of episodes leading into Eurobasket hoping to get some fun things going for you as we get closer and, closer and closer and closer and closer to the NBA season starting we're exactly one month away from training from training camp opening now one month away just 30 days so excited just just, just get us going Tell us what you think about the NBA 2K all time Magic team. You can do that on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I'll post a link to the companion article up on the Locked On Magic Facebook page as well as on the Locked On Magic Twitter feed. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter and let me know at PhilipRR underscore OMD. That's P H I L I P R R underscore OMD. And always you can contact me on Twitter at OMagicDaily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me this week. I want to thank you all again for listening to another episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rosman-Reich. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you next time on Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is 9 dollars and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.